guys. Beer. Sports. Join Sean and Brad as they talk about sports and share a beer. From the east coast of Canada to the west coast Hello, of the Hello friends, United welcome States. again. First Over show 2021. Guys, beer sports coming live from all the coasts. Or just the most two important coasts, west coast and east coast. Hey, Sean, good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm good, man. Um, been troublesome. I really hate fireworks. So my dog went running on uh, New Year's Eve. Um, still hasn't showed up, but the, the whole neighborhood here is just awesome and doing searches. So we hope that she shows up. Uh, her name is Daisy. She's a brown and tan dachshund. I don't know. I know there's people all over the world, but anybody that's listening in Halifax, uh, just keep your eyes out. That's all I can ask. Yeah. Yeah. yeah other than that, happy New Year. Yeah, happy new year. Big weekend in sports. A lot of college football. NBA is kicking and rolling. Seeing some fun stuff there. Most importantly, uh, NFL is about to close the regular season with all kinds of drama. So we'll get to that uh, first. Uh, so Tom, Tom Migrant. Mike. Yeah, Tom yes. Migrant is joining us. Yeah. But first, a word from our sponsor. Flyers Beer and Brewery. Open corner of 20 and... Woodby Avenue, uh, takeout specials, man. They have the best uh, friendship sandwich. You can get it. You can call. They'll bring it to your car. You know, they expand their heating area. It's a wonderful place to go and catch a couple games. Uh, suppliers, thank you so much. I mean, I'm on the pacemaker again. I should be getting one of their other beers on tap, but uh, the pacemaker is so fantastic. I just don't, I can't get away from it. So Don't fix it if it ain't broke. <laughs> right. Yeah. So shout out to Flyers Brewery. Uh, we appreciate your support. Thanks for being the official sponsor of Guys Beer Sports. So I got my cup here. Uh Old Biddies, this is a special one that they you can only buy in the store there. Mm. Well, you can all buy only, only any of their beers at 111 Copacoid Road. Uh, this is the Engine 41 smoked uh, smoked porter. This is awesome beer. Mm. My goodness. Yeah, uh, so it's named, like yeah, it's named after a legendary fire truck here in Lower Sackville, Engine 41. So... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, man. <laughs> man. <laughs> hey, but without further ado, one of these days, I guess one of these days we're gonna have to go through all the like names of like is this a Canadian town or not? Yeah. <laughs> we will. Oh, we will. We'll get into, we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, but we got some major football to be talking, and I think there's no other better guest than who we have coming on right now, uh Tommy yeah. Migrant. So interesting story he has. This guy, amazing story, amazing person, amazing life coach person, yeah. just all around really amazing guy. So I'm looking forward to having him on. What do you think? We should bring him on? Yeah, let's bring him in. Yeah, I think you guys are going to really appreciate his energy and his passion um, for developing better humans. And so we're interested to have time to share his thoughts with us today. All right. Hey, there I'm he here. Is. Hello. Welcome Thank to the show. How are you? I'm I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. It's uh mm-hmm. today's a great day because the Ohio State Buckeyes beat Clemson last night. So yeah. So I woke up in a in a pretty good mood today. Woo. I just not just <laughs> beat them, they throttled them. They throttled I mean, them. They yeah. And right, you know so what? To, the, the, I don't have, that I have no one in the race, right? None <laughs> of not I don't have any my football teams aren't good enough to go there. Uh, <laughs> but looking at the final four. I mean, you know, we saw from a betting line perspective, Alabama, you know, a three score lead, right? Essentially, 18 and a half points was the line that closed. 
we feel like that would be the blowout of the week. I, I mm-hmm. did personally. I didn't, I know I watched the first half and it wasn't even competitive. I expected to be a competitive game between Ohio State and Clemson. I didn't necessarily think Ohio State would lose. I just felt like it would be like we've seen, right? It would come down right. to the last right. couple of minutes. There would be some tension, some drama. And you see every time they would, you know, Clemson would draw within two touchdowns. Like, here comes Ohio State, just foot on the gas, going. Uh, was that a surprise to you as a it, fan? Oh, it was. Yeah, it was. I um you know, as someone who I love Ohio state, you know, I'm a football coach, but I, I certainly, if there's a team that I'm a fan of, I I, I typically don't watch football as a fan. I watch it as a coach, you know, and then there's a little bit of a difference, but uh, I watch Ohio state as as a fan, you know, and, 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 you know, I was telling people, you know, everyone's saying Clemson's going to win, Clemson's going to win. And I said, listen, I think it'll be, you know, a 35, 28 kind of game, you know, a a score, no, no more than close. Yeah. Yeah. expecting the same thing that I think, you know, many people were expecting a, a competitive game. Um, I, I, I thought that Ohio state was going to have to score 35 or 42 to win, you know, before the game. I, 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 um, and you know what, they, they, they came out and they played, I, I never underestimate the power of emotion and togetherness. And I think uh, when, when you have a team, you know, and Kirk Herbstreit hinted, hinted to this last night on, on the broadcast, and I've lived it. I've lived it in my time uh, at a school in Florida, St. Thomas Aquinas, which is one of the top high school programs in the country that develops, you know, 20, 25 D1 guys a year, NFL guys like Nick Bosa. Um, yeah. When you're in that kind of team and you're just that dominant, you know you're that dominant on your regular schedule. Uh, there, A lot of the, the teams that you face is not really going to be a challenge. When you know that you're up when you're fighting a big fish, it's all hands on deck. Oh right? yeah, and and so so th- those guys that have that talent level and that sort of coaching and come from a program like an Ohio State are going to rise to the occasion. You know, um, when there's a challenge, I, and I think that when, when you know Ohio State plays a great underdog, you look at their last two national titles in 2002 and 2015. And both oh, of those dude, teams, yeah, yeah. It was it was the backup. The backup quarterback was coming in there to play the uh, final game. Right. You know, so, so, I mean, is, yeah. That 2002 game stands out uh, for me just watching it and just going into that game thinking that Ohio State had zero chance. Zero Miami. chance against Miami, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Miami was fully loaded. Ohio State, you know, had to win in the last 30 seconds against Purdue on a pass by Craig Krenzel down the sideline to Michael Jenkins. And, and I mean um, – so nobody, including the Ohio State fans, gave us gave Ohio State much of a chance in those games. So I, I just think that Ohio State, as a program, when when they're the underdog, has a tendency to just rise up. You know, you might, not, you might have a point there because when I think about it, this is the fourth time, or is it the fifth time? This is the fifth time they faced Clemson. Fifth time in history. Fifth yeah. time, because the four four times they lost. So I mean, you know, this time. We weren't the favorites. We weren't the number like we weren't the number two or the number one team. We were the number three team going in against them. Right. So I'm there going to myself like, okay, we don't have Urban Myers, right, as a head coach. So you know, you you are a little bit, you know, you have a little trepidation going into it. But man, oh man, because I was worried there after that Northwestern game because it looked like it took them a whole half to get going. They were going right from the start, and it just. Well, Never you know, they, the... they, they, they found a rhythm in Trey Sermon on the ground. 
Yeah. Right. Ohio State's offensive line is playing lights out right now. Mm. You know, and, uh, I mean, you look at if you go back and, and you know, I'm a guy that I watch the line. That's what I coach. And so um, that's what I'm interested in is what the offensive line is doing. It's it's, yeah. it's different than most fans. Um, you look at the pass protection that they gave Justin Fields last night. He had all kinds of time to throw. He was he was very seldom had any kind of pressure. You know, I think one time on a, on a important third and four in the fourth quarter, you know, Clemson's uh, Venables from Clemson brought, you know, an all-out blitz and got to him, you know. but well, that, Yeah, but that's the thing, though. I mean, you're talking about one of the top programs in the country in Clemson. You, you expect them to get home a couple of times. You know and, I mean? and, and they not. really weren't. I mean, in Ohio State. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That's what I'm saying. Like, it wasn't a surprise to me to see him get home a couple of times, but I was impressed with the line play on both sides. I think that and I haven't watched a lot of Ohio State games right this year, but I feel like that. There's only six to watch, so. Yeah, I feel like that line last the defensive line last night played better than we've seen many Ohio State line. Ohio State always has good defensive lines, right? Yeah. Like they put out like you know, right. It seems like running players. backs, running backs, and uh, like running backs seem to come out of Ohio State. They just seem to raise them up yeah. like uh, like cattle, man. It's, yeah. it's corners, crazy. corners running back. I mean, you, if you go back through the yeah. The last they're, 10, they're 15. A top, they're a top-tier program. I felt like that defensive line effort last night was one of the best I had ever seen. And yeah. that might be their best group. It's a shame they didn't get a full season. It, it is. It, it, it's a shame that they didn't get a full season. It's also a shame that uh, some of the normally big-time teams like Penn State and Michigan in the Big Ten were, were down this year, and Ohio State didn't have a chance to play them at their best as well because I think that sort of taints – you know, I, listen, it was a tough season, I think, all around the board. I, I got a lot of yeah. guys that I coach that are still playing college ball. And I talk to many of them still. And, and it, you know, the whole COVID thing, not knowing if you're going to have a season, uh, not knowing week to week, you know, who's going to be available to play and who's going to be quarantined. Who's going to play? You know. Yeah, we, we saw, um, how many games do we get called off on, you know, Thursday night or Friday morning for a Saturday game? Like, you're already deep into like your last second. Oh, you're deep yeah. into your practice week, you know, and, and and all of a sudden the guy that's supposed to be next to you that's taking all the reps next to you all week is gone. He gets tapped on the shoulder on Friday morning and he's gone. I mean, I think Ohio State on, on, on Friday night announced that Harry Miller, who's their starting left guard, was going to be out for COVID the night before the game against Clemson. So they got they got a backup guard in there. He goes down. They, they bring in a third, their third option in Paris Johnson, who's a true freshman to play left guard. He, he played quite a bit last night um, due to that situation. And he's a, he's a guy that hasn't got a lot of time in the six games that they've played. And he came in and did very well. So, I mean, for the offensive line to have a couple of holes in it, like it did um, for them to have guys out, you know, and, and, and to still come out and perform the way that they did last night. I mean, I, you know, it, oh, there was all sorts of lanes, all sorts of lanes for the running backs to go through there in order to get yeah. down there. It was amazing. It was amazing yeah. to watch. Listen, Tommy, I think that when Mr. Fields gets drafted, I don't know what the NCAA eligibility rules are, but he owes them boys something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll take care of them, man. I'm, I'm sure. You know. Listen, I think he's going to one of two places, okay? Either Jacksonville or maybe the Jets. That's where Justin Fields is going. Yeah, so, but yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting to watch. Sean and I talked a little bit this morning off air about the buzz for Justin Fields to go number one and to leapfrog Trevor Lawrence. You know, right? Uh, Trevor Lawrence did not play well last night. Um, no, not yeah. well. You know what? If you look at his stats, though, I mean, he, he threw for four hundred yards. 
Well, yeah, his yeah. ball control, I think, is the issue for me, right? How many times did he put the ball on the ground? That's the Yeah, match. I mean, he fumbled it three times, lost it once, threw a pick, yeah. you know, in the end zone. It got bounced around. You know, that's a ball that could have went either way. Yeah. Um, uh, and it was his body language, though. And he saw I mean, he, he, he saw you could tell coaches getting to him, trying to get him right. We saw the, the film. I thought it was a great shot by the, you know, the guy with the, the lineman coming up and tapping his chin, telling him to keep, keep his chin up. Yeah. You got Dabo covering his face with the play calling sheet and telling yeah. him to clean his looks. You know what I mean? Like those those are real evaluation yeah. tools. I don't know if you throw away Trevor Lawrence's career over one game. No. Clearly. No. I mean, but I it does, it does to me it brings into question though, like uh did he lose a little bit of a stock going into this draft now because of this game? And it's not that it wasn't a terrible game, but he was definitely exposed. Well, there's a chink in the armor. Right. Yeah. You know, and and I think, you know, we, we, you know, we, we build people up, you know, as humans, we build other humans up into these Superman sort of idols, you know, that, that that they're flawless, you know, in our minds and they Mm -hmm. go out there and and they show some flaws and then, and, but everybody's human. You know, I can't, I can't begin to imagine the amount of pressure that's on a guy like Trevor Lawrence who everybody's hyping up as the Heisman winner and the number one. And, and there, and he probably has a lot of pressure on himself to go win a national title to solidify Absolutely. that. Oh, he didn't so, want to cap. He didn't want to cap his career that way. Yeah. No, he didn't want to go out there and, and, no. and lay an egg and get, get his, get, you know, get his ass beat yeah. like that. And, no. um, but he did. And, and you'll see, you know, how he bounces back. I mean, yeah, I don't know Trevor personally, uh, but I think, you know, he, he, from what I see and what I read and what I hear, he's a good character guy yeah. and he'll bounce back from it. But, um, yeah. Last night was certainly Justin Fields' night as far as the two quarterbacks. My go. question, my question is will he bounce back from the comments made from the hot mic when he was in the press conference? Will he bounce back from that? Oh, he's not gonna shave that mustache ever again. I, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> he's better. He's gonna, like he's gonna shove it that down. was the funniest thing. Oh, he really needs to shave that mustache. It's like, whoa, quiet down. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Listen, I think, Tommy. I feel the same way. I think you know Trevor is who he is, who we, at least who we know him to be. And I would imagine that that setback just sets him up for a better future, for, for greater success down the road. Because he'll use it as a learning. Sorry, hey, my little girl wants to say hi. 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 She, she's stuck in my home office here. This is Adeline. So hi, Adeline. say hi. Okay. Welcome to the show. I got to get this. So I need you quiet. Okay. Got. Uh, we usually have an appearance for my four-year-old. Her name is Coco, and she's. She was in here right before we went live. So, uh, all right. Well, one. I have this one, and we have five year old twins as well. Oh, so seven. So, we have three from the ages of five to seven. Ooh, busy yeah. man. You're in it. You're in it. I just, yeah. uh, I just graduated from that for a while. I had four. I know it. <laughs> uh, I was going, I went six, five, three, and an infant for a while. And then we had, oh, wow. We had 13 year old. So now we go uh, 15, 10, 9, 7, 4. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate the drawings you have in the background of your office there. That's, that's yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's awesome. Kids, you know, my kids make their, their drawings. I mean, I've got my Ohio State stuff up and, yeah. and, 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 you know, my hat rack with all my favorite hats, my, you know, bronze hats. important things, but it's just the, the drawings are where it's at. I always think. Yeah, man. It's, uh, you it's know, like there's nothing I love more than my, my kids. You yeah. Know? No, yeah, absolutely. It's everything. I do, I do want to, like, since, since we, we got a little break here, I like to, I like to get into, Tom into your story. So um I, I, I just wanted to touch really quickly about uh Beachbody uh P90X. Mm-hmm. Cause like some people 
back then probably would recognize you from that time period because you were you were on yeah. every infomercial. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Um, well, so in 2008, I mean, if you remember, I mean, P90X came out in 04. Mm-hmm. But from 2008 till about 2012, 13, I mean, it was like the hottest thing. I mean, there, you know, P90X was showing up in, in music. There was a lot of um, stars that used it, you know, Pink and, and, and you know, P- there, were, there were some NFL guys that would use P90X and broadcasters and stuff like that. And, and you know, I was just a guy from a little town of 8,000 people called Bellevue, Ohio. And I picked up P90X and I started doing it and, and I kept doing it. And, I had a pretty significant transformation with it. Uh, you know, and they had the opportunity you could submit your story. And, and so I did, I submitted my story and, and it got used and they flew me out to LA and put me on a green screen and did all kinds of interviews. And, and before I know it, I'm, I'm, I'm actually selling P90X on QVC with Tony and traveling around with him a little bit and with Tony Horton. And, um, you know, so yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to, to talk about that and uh, you know, and dive into that a little bit, but it was a great program, a great company and, and a great community of people. I mean, it actually became a community of people. I mean, P90Xers were actually a thing, you know, and there were oh, millions yeah. of people using P90X. And so it was a worldwide phenomenon. I remember that. And I remember doing the yoga, the hour and a half yoga. And I'm like, what in the world I switched over to Diamond Dallas Page Yoga very shortly after that because he takes it easy on you. You're too big to be doing an hour and a half of yoga. Sean. I know, oh, but dude. DDP yoga was just perfect there. Tony Horton was killing me. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what, you know what I what I did with the yoga starting out, starting out because I was I was you know I'm only five like five seven and I was two sixty five I think when I first started doing P ninety X and so I couldn't. You know, half the time I would just look at the screen with my jaw dropped, thinking, how the hell am I supposed to do this? You know, and but Tony, Tony <laughs> in the program, Tony, Sorry, would infiltrate, it, you know, it's it's true. Like I could barely touch my toes. I mean, I, you know, I, I could barely you know, do the reach around and wipe my own butt. And I would do I this. I would do this move where you put your hand in between, you know, your, between, your nether uh, regions and then the back of your hand goes down your butt crack there right, and you're trying right. to grab it I, and then have your leg up. And I'm there going, what the heck? I wasn't doing that. I mean, it was, um, you know, but Tony would talk about in the program, you know, do your best. There, there was a couple of things, do your best, forget the rest. Mm, mm, and I mm. bought into that wholeheartedly because it was the same message that I would give the kids as I was coaching football. Right. Right. I would, I would ask them for their best effort. And I knew if they continuously gave me their best effort on a daily basis, that eventually they would make progress. Right. Right. And eventually they would get better. Eventually they yeah. would start climbing that mountain. That was the first message that Tony had in, in his video. The second message that sold me on was when he said, keep showing up, keep pushing play. Right. So I, I just remember I was doing one of the workouts and it's like the first couple of weeks I'm doing it. And I hear him say, just keep showing up, keep pushing play. And in my mind, in my mind, I thought, I just got to keep showing up. I don't matter how good I do today. It doesn't matter how many pushups I actually do. I got to do my best. I got to keep showing up, number one. And then I got to keep doing my best and forget about everything else, right? So if my best was, and I, I, I said this in the commercial, you know, if my best was to, you know, do 10 pushups from my knees, then that's what I did because I knew the next day, the next week I could do 12 from my knees. And eventually I would get to my toes. And so, you know, it's the same process that yeah. a football player goes through. You know, I have kids that show up as freshmen or sophomores and, and, and they're not physically or mentally or emotionally ready to take the big stage. 
Right. But there's a developmental period. So I think it, with P90X, Tony was a master. Yeah. Um, at least with me of getting me to just buy into some very simple concepts. That, and that, that was just that, all straight, straight through the video, right? Just him saying it through the video. That, too. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, I'll, and I'll share this. So, so, so that was, yeah. I mean, I just bought the set of DVDs. That's mm-hmm. what I did. Just like everybody mm-hmm. else. So, you know, I saw mm-hmm. the infomercial. I picked up a set of DVDs. I had another buddy that had been doing it that I had done it a little bit with, but you know, I, I finally got my own set of DVDs and just said, I'm doing this no matter what, no matter how bad it hurts. You know, because I have Amazing. to. So, so, so can, the, can, I, can I, can I, go ahead. Can I, I just, I just wanted to say this because I, I'll never forget this. Okay. So, uh, Joanna and I, we reconnected in, uh, August of 2009. And then we ended up getting married in, no, I'm sorry. I lied to you, August of 2008. And then we ended up getting married in March 2009. And I remember because your, your pictures were popping up, your infomercial was popping up, right? On P90X. And I'm mm-hmm. there going, you know, like, is this for real? You know what I mean? Like, you know, is this for real? Right. And then, <laughs> then my wife who knows you, right. right. Goes, no, no, no. I know that guy. I know him. This That's is all crazy. for real. Yeah. This is for real. And then I heard your story, how you did it. Like, what was it? Five or six times. I did five straight rounds. Wow. So, so I started doing it uh, September 26th of 2008 was when I actually committed. I mean, there's a difference between interest and commitment, right? Yeah. So yeah. I had done it. I had, I had, I had started it and did a few weeks with my buddy, you know, and then life happens like it does for most people. And I kind of fell off the wagon and he, he wasn't doing it anymore. And then, you know, it was a, a few months later when I said, I knew it would work, you know, um, that I'm going to commit to it, you know? And, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, that was a real, that was a real transformation. Uh, I did it a hundred percent with P90X. There was no funny, stuff yeah. about it. I mean, I just did that program, but, but I was smart enough at that time to not think I knew more than the program. Right. right. Yeah, as a human, we can get in the way by thinking we know more, we know better. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to try, you know, there was a reason, like we were talking about the yoga. Yeah. yeah that yoga, that yoga s- s- sucked. You know, it's listen, man, I went, I, I was doing yoga up until this pandemic stopped twice a week. Uh, and I was in there with the people that were, you know, I'm 40, uh, one, or something, forty something, right? Thirty years older than me, they're just smoke checking me in this class, and I'm not a small, weak man, right? It's so important, like that's the one thing I miss. I got like three months into this pandemic, and I was like, man, why do I feel? Like I I believe well, so much in that yoga. The man. one thing it stopped was yoga. Yeah, so yeah. They, virtually because you know, there's a reason why Tony, Tony, you know, that yoga workout. If you, if you go through P90X, if you actually add up how many times you do each one of the workouts, the yoga is the one you do the most. It's like 12 or 14 of the 90 days. That's crazy. Right? And so, um, and there's a reason there's a, there's a reason for that. Everything was um, so difficult on that. Well, so, so and he was I holding did, poses for a while. Well, and, and I, there was no way physically I could not do it when I first started. So, mm-hmm. so what I did was I, I, I subbed in that cardio X and, and the first 15 minutes of cardio X is, is really the yoga warm up, right? It's like the first 15 minutes of the yoga workout. Right. And so I just did that on yoga day until I could really do it. And then once I did it, I challenged myself with the, with, with the actual yoga workout. That's an hour and a half. And, and uh, it, I mean, it took me a whole year to get to the point where I could do 95% of that that's workout, crazy. you know? So, but it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of similarities to that. I, I think in anything in life that the people that are consistent, 
you know, and and and, and consistently show up and, and not only not only put the practice and the work in, but put the correct practice and the correct work in. Yeah. You know, everyone wants to say practice makes perfect. I, I, I don't believe that because bad practice does not make perfect. <laughs> does, this, does this sound like does this sound like a coach? This sounds like a coach to me, man. <laughs> There's a couple of things that I, I want to get your input on is you, yeah. know, you said um before I'll just I think I'll just paraphrase it, but you know, it was it was that you expected your best, right? And I think that it's important, you know, that we get around with coaches, but that you expect the best, but I think you do that by providing your best also. Right. You know what I mean? Because what you said is true. It's it's not you can make modification to whatever the work is as long as it's correct modification. Right. You build toward no one's gonna hit it out of the park on the first part. And that's what I feel like this society has become. We're so fast food, instant gratification, instant. all these things. Then we yeah. start thinking, and I think that you know, in my life, when I feel like I'm smarter than the process, it's because I don't want to put the work in because the work sucks. Right. right? But what true. I've learned is that the beauty is the work. That's, that's the, it that's is. The, 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 it's not. It's the you know. Not that's a cold cliche, right? That it's the journey, not the destination. Yeah, but it's true. And when you have people who coach or people who you know, like yourself, or who are involved in, in you know, in the beach body, the P90X, or coaching football now, or coaching any sport, or just being a mentor to younger folks, that's I think that's the lesson, right? And, you, and what you learn from that is being a coach, is that that's more fulfilling than winning. Right is watching yeah. the mindset change and watching the the you're, work ethic develop. Yeah, because it's like you're you're to me you're an inspiration as well because it's just knowing I, we never met. I just no, know no. you through my wife, and right. you've been an inspiration. After I I heard that there on that P ninety X, that it's like it doesn't matter what. And then I remember my wife telling me that you were doing some crazy bench press numbers there when you were in high school, and I'm like, get out of here. Well, get out of here. What in the world? I'm six foot one, and I'm doing three sixty five <laughs> at thirty eight, right? And then she's telling me that in high school you were doing like three thirty. I'm like, get out of here. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, in high school I was about about three and a quarter, and wow. then and on my bench, and then in, in college I actually that 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 the, the Highest one max rep I ever did was 425. What? And and it was, but you know what? I'm built for it. You know, you know, I can't dunk a basketball, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm one of those I don't mean, mean it's disrespectfully, but how long are your arms? No, I mean, they're not long at all. I'm five seven. <laughs> so, and I got a, I got a big, I got a big gorilla chest on me, you know, yeah. my, my chest is 47 inches yeah. around, you know, That's so I, was, I, I can, so I did threes, but I was always like, man, I've got a 37 inch uh, arm. Like that's, you know. Yeah. I did. I didn't have, I'm like this, man. I'm like, woo, woo, woo. Yeah, I'm, 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 I mean, I, I don't have far to move the bar, you know. I, <laughs> you know, if I could move it eight inches, I, I could get it, you know. So yep. I think different, know. different people are built for different things, you know. Yeah, for and sure. Your story, your story so, is such an inspiration because, like, then I heard all that you were coaching then in Beachbody, and then all of a sudden I heard you went to St. Thomas Aquinas to coach. Right. High yeah. school football, one of the top, one of the top. Which is it was, it was P90X that, <laughs> ironically, what ties that in is. So I coached high school football after college. I came back to my my hometown and I started coaching with the guy that was my head coach in high school, Coach Sasani at Bellevue High School. He's a legend in North Central Ohio as far as high school football goes. Um, and so I coached for fifteen or sixteen seasons in my hometown, and and the P90X stuff started happening and it expanded my world, you know, all of a sudden I go from being a guy that is known around central Ohio to 
there's people all over the country through the P90X that know me. So I happened to be on a beach body cruise and there was a guy named Rocco Casulo who was the head coach of St. Thomas Aquinas that was also on that cruise. And so we, we had, we had just played for a state championship the, the year before in Ohio and he was the head coach at St. Thomas and we got to talking, you know, and I had married a Florida girl. And so part of my commitment to her was I would find a way to figure out a way to get us back to Florida, but I wanted to continue coaching football, right? right. That was really what I, I love to do. And so just, you know, I orchestrated by God is all I would say is I'm on this cruise and the head coach at St. Thomas meets me and we start talking, you know, we're drinking a beer on the deck of the cruise and, and talking football. And he got to know me, you know, and he, and he said, listen, you're trying to get back to Florida and, you know, you're trying to move your wife and your family to Florida. And I need an offensive line coach because the guy that's my offensive line coach is in his 42nd season. And he's ready to retire, but, you know, there's not a lot of options as far as replacing him, you know, and I, I've heard you speak at Beachbody events and, and, you know, why don't you come down to St. Thomas and visit and then, and then we can make a decision from there, you know? Yeah. And, and so that's what, that's what happened. Should I wait for Sean to return? No, you keep going. We, we'll just, he'll be on when he gets back on. No problem. Um, so I end up at, I mean, so we moved to Fort Lauderdale from Bellevue, Ohio to Fort Lauderdale. So we go from a town of 8,000 people to Broward County. I mean, South, you know, there's three Floridas. There's, you know, there, there's Central Florida, which is like Orlando and all that. And then there's, there's Florida, which is basically, you know, that top panhandle all the way over to Jacksonville that runs along the Georgia-Alabama borders, right? And then there's South Florida, the real South Florida, not the West Coast South Florida, but the, the South Florida that's a hotbed for athletes and, and football, Miami, Fort Lauderdale area. Yeah. Um, so I end up at, at St. Thomas Aquinas being the offensive line coach there. Uh, spent three seasons down there with them and, uh, you know, won three state titles with them. Got to be on a in a program that, you know, like Nick Bosa was one of our D linemen, you know. What's crazy to me is you just said you were there for three years and you won three state titles. Like, that's wild. It It, it was – that's not and a story was, that most people get to say is like no, it, I went it, there it, and then all, all all three years I was there we won. Like it was the first, it was the first time in school history that they had won three in a row. Yeah, and it was also the first time in Broward County history that any team had won three in a row. Yeah. And I just happened to be there. Has anybody uh, done it since? What's that? Has anyone done that since? No, I mean I think the um, I mean Florida's a crazy state, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you look at their eight state champions from this year, and, and six of the eight were from South Florida, Broward, or Dade County. St. Thomas won it this year. They've now won two in a row. So I left. They didn't win it for wow. two years, and they, they did win. You know, but it, it was – That's um, where I was going. I feel like you're the X factor, right? You're the reason that they won three in a row. And yeah. They left and they didn't win any for a little bit. So, Well, I, well, hey, listen. They, here's my <laughs> point. I mean, they're, 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 they're so talented. Yeah. You know, I had I had kids that were backups for me with Division One college offers you know yeah did you who was who was the you know you said nick bosa was there at your time is that right is that what you said yeah yeah nick i mean was he, was he, the, freak, be, was he wow. the freakiest athlete uh in the weight room or, did, or was there guys that would just well nick listen man nick nick is first of all you got to understand nick nick's father was a first round draft pick nick's yeah. uncle his mom's brother was a first round draft pick right um so genetically He's a freak, right? The second thing about Nick yeah. is he's very smart, very smart. Okay, um, he's not a know-it-all, 
Yeah. Okay. He's he he's very smart and he's a great student. Yeah. He's intelligent. And, and then the, the third thing is he's a perfectionist. Yeah. I mean, he you know mm-hmm. I mean he I learned a lot from him. He made me you know me having to coach my guys the offensive line guys against him every day in drills forced me to learn new te- like how do you, how do how do you deal with a guy like Nick Bosa? Yeah. You know, he, he forced me to start implementing things like vertical setting and, you know, recreate how to get double teams on him and, you know, those sorts of things. You know, we yeah. anytime he was in at practice, we had to go to quick game. So his presence made everybody around him better because he was just that good that you either had to elevate or just get dominated every day. Right. And and so. Which it does him a disservice. Right. And really, at the, that's the, the yeah. interesting thing for football for me is that you have a position coach. Right. And that guy is very uh, influential in your development, but also the opposing line or the the opposing position coach can also influence influence you. Well, yeah, well, absolutely. Especially if if you're you're dealing with your job, if you're not trying, if you're just letting him eat your guys's lunch. Right. Then I'm not making him better. Then I'm not I'm not doing anything to I have to elevate myself in order to elevate the guys in my room. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so, by elevating so, those guys, you're elevating him at the same right or that position at the yeah. same. Yeah, and, and I think that's why I think that's why the kids that come out of St. Thomas have such great success at the college level, is because it's not about the game reps for them. It's it's about the fact that they're going against three, four, and five stars every day, every rep that yeah. they take in practice. You know, and so well, it's, it's I mean, the, you had the Ohio State Alabama route, right? Where like you know we we see that how many times do you see the guy that was like third on the depth chart. For two years, right. come in, dominate. come in, and, and just dominate. I, I mean, I'll give you an example of yeah. our practices. I'll give you an example of our practices. So we had Elijah Moore, who is um, one of the top four Bolitnikoff guys right now. He plays for Ole Miss, has like sixteen hundred right. yards receiving. So he was on our team. Michael Harley, who uh, broke the record for at, at the U at Miami this year for the single game receiving. I think he had like a you know three games in a row with over 150 yards receiving. Trey Trevon Grimes wow. was another guy. He plays at Florida receiver. And then we had a guy named Josh Palmer um, who has started since he was a true freshman at Tennessee. Those were the, those were our four of our receivers. Two of them weren't even starters. No. Okay. Wow. On defense. Okay, you had Jaden Davis, who's at Oklahoma. You had Jordan Battle, who's the starting safety at Alabama. You had Asante Samuel, who uh, just entered the NFL draft out of Florida State. His dad was an NFL guy. You're right. Yeah. So that was your DBs. So every day when they took pass reps against each other, it was dog eat dog. I mean, you had you had Mm. dudes everywhere competing every day. And so those kids aren't afraid to compete. They're not afraid to go against other top level talents. And so when they go to schools in college, they're, they're used to that level of competition versus a guy like where, where I'm from now in, in Bellevue, Ohio. Um, you can have a dominant player. If he's never challenged, he'll only get to a certain level. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and now all of a sudden and he's the top dog everywhere he goes. Yep. And all of a sudden now he's in a situation at a college where that might not be the case. And he's not used to that environment of well, competing. Well, it's adversity. Adversity. Oh, yeah. What we talked about with Trevor Lawrence, right? If you don't learn how to fight and how to feel like someone's taking something from you, you know, you're just a big fish in the small pond. If you're never challenged like that, yeah, you don't know how to come back from it, right? If it's, everything just comes easy, 
then of course, you know, it's no problem. And right. once you're actually pushed, you know, if you're punching the mouth once. Yeah. Yeah. You got, you got to get back it's, up. Right. It's the same thing like with P90X, right? That's why I understood why P90X would work because I knew that resistance and challenge and adversity is where growth came from. Yeah. Being a football coach, right? Tommy, my, my new nickname for you now is the Wolverine. That is it. Five, seven <laughs> of just pure aggression. What in the world? Well, it's, I, I, are I you Canadian? My, my, I'm Italian. My, well, <laughs> my, uh, I was, I was, I, my, my grandmother took me in when I was 11 years old, 12 years old. And she was a full blooded Italian woman. She was about four foot 10, but she'd hit you with a rolling pin. You know, I mean, she was yeah. like, well, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I mean, she, I, got she hit, I got hit with a wooden spoon. I'll never yeah, forget that. Know, my so, mom was chasing me around, swearing at me in Hindi, right? Cause she didn't want to swear in English. <laughs> She's swearing at me in Hindi. She has this like, you know, wooden spoon that she hits me with a wooden spoon four or five times and the wooden spoon breaks. Yeah, so then what does she man. do? What does she do? She freaks out. You broke my wooden spoon. No, you broke my wooden spoon. Ah, yeah, right. <laughs> so I had oh, one man. of those old school. I had I had an old school Italian grandma that raised me through middle school, high school, and college, and and uh, and and you know, God bless her. But but she was she was a fireball. I, I'll never forget. It. I was at her funeral, and there was a line of two thousand people waiting to you know say their respects. It was unreal. And um, coach, my head coach came through, and he looked at me. He says, "One thing about your grandma is." She fired every bullet in her gun, you know, and and at that moment when I was, I don't know, I was probably 24. I, I thought I need to live my life in such a way where people say that about me at my funeral where, where they said that was a guy that he, yeah, that's he left it all on the field. He fired, fired every bullet in his gun. He gave everything he had to everything he was ever part of, yeah. whether it be a community or a family or a team. And, and uh, you know, so I had a great example in her. You know, I was very fortunate. Um, I learned through her and, and through coach Nassani, you know, that love isn't always easy, right? Love is discipline. Discipline is love. Yeah. Truth is love. I got to tell you the hard thing. I got to be brutally honest with you because I love you so much that I can't let you stay where you're hardest, at. That's harder than anything else is to, is to actually be honest yeah. about things. You well, know? Love, and, love's not fluffy, right? No. Uh, it's sometimes it's the hard conversation. Sometimes it's being your ass to the rolling pin. Like, not. Nah. Yeah. Well, she would, you know, like grandma, I remember, in, you know, in college, I kind of blew up. I went from like 220 to like 265, you know, in college. And, and uh, you know, I was I was probably doing what a lot of college guys do. They, they, they get access to the food center and it's all you can eat every day. And, yeah. and you know, I'm drinking beer on the weekends and, I'm you know, all that sort hey. of Hey, it's no, it's no different than the Navy and the Royal Canadian right. Navy. And once you get introduced to the desserts, that's it. It's over. It's over. I mean, right? it's so, over. You know, I'm like, I'm like, wait, I can have as, as many cookies as I want. You know, and it's all paid for. You know, um, you know, and 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 she she would just look at me and be like, "You're getting fat. You're too fat." You know, she and it was the brutal, blunt truth. You know, and um. It, but that rang in my head during the P90X when I was going through my weight loss was was, was her voice saying, I need to do something about it. Yeah, okay, you, you have a problem. It, the problem isn't the problem. It's your it's your, your your unwillingness to take action and do something to, yeah. to fix the problem, right? Yeah, it's, words words are powerful when they come from a place of love. Um, you know, it's interesting – before we got live here, you told me that you had a coach had a five minute conversation between eighth and ninth grade that you found yeah. really changed the trajectory of your life, you know, and 
Um, I think that's powerful. It's the same thing with your grammar. There's these things that people say to you out of love and, or, you know, from a good place. Right. And that really motivate uh, other people down the road. And, and what's beautiful about that is they may never know that what they did or what they said around for you. And no, that's, that's and, and a fantastic they, way to live is not, not to care about like is doing the work to plant those seeds and not caring about how it grows here yeah. or when it grows. Yes. And here's the thing. So, so I, I, I call it, you know, five minute conversations. Yeah. So I was a kid, I came from a broken home. Uh, I shared that with you guys, you know, before the, the podcast here came from a broken home. Uh, where there was abuse and there was neglect and 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 I was separated from my father and then my, my stepfather had abused us and and my sister ends up moving away I had one sister she she's out of the house and it's just me and my mom and my mom was emotionally broken after a, a second terrible marriage that had broken apart and and she and I end up homeless we're living in Southern California we we live in in Riverside uh, Orange County you know near Anaheim in California and all of a sudden we don't have a place to live. So we're going to churches and people are taking us in for a week or we're staying at a hotel for two days or we're sleeping in the car tonight. And that goes on for a little while. And, and, and eventually my grandparents send for me and I get on a one-way flight to Ohio, but I'm an angry, pissed off, bitter kid, right? Because of the instability of my, my home life and my family. And so it was coached assigned. So I was in a lot of trouble, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, right? Um, getting Saturday schools, detention every day, mouthing off the teachers, I was, uh, you know, smoking. I was stealing my grandma's cigarettes and smoking and, you know, uh, you, you know those kind of things. Because I was an angry kid. <clears throat> and Coach Nassani, so to tie this all in, he's the guy that was my head coach in high school that I've now coached with for a total of 17 seasons. Oh, wow. you uh, got to get into that afterwards. Oh, wow. This yeah. uh, entire dynamic about that afterwards. But, yeah, keep going. Yeah. Sorry. So, 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 in, so in eighth grade – uh, coach Asani, who was not even the head football coach at the time, he was a JV coach and he was like 31 years old. He wasn't even, a, you know, I mean, he was a th- younger guy. Yeah. My grandma had a conversation. He was Italian, Asani. My grandmother, her maiden name was Giuliani. She was Italian. So they had that, you know, right. So the Italian thing kind of, you know, opened the door for my grandma to talk to him. And she said, Hey, can you help me get my grandson right? Well, Coach Asani is, he's a, a, a no frills added guy. Right. He's six foot to 230 pounds of, of pure intimidation. I mean, the guy's got he looks like a silverback gorilla. And here I am, a little eighth grade punk 14 year old kid with a with 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 a mullet and a dangly cross earring and an ACDC patch on my jean jacket, you know, and he he pulls me aside at the little town park. So it's not even during football. Right now, he he pulls me aside. He says, hey, are you Tommy Meyer? And I said, I, I go, yeah. He goes, your grandma, Addie, Addie Cook. And I go, I go, yeah, that's my grandma. He goes, I need to talk to you. What's this? I hear that, that you're getting in a lot of trouble. I said, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, I hear you got suspended from school. Is that true? I said, well, yeah. He goes, what, what, what happened? I said, I got in a fight. And, and the first time I got in a fight, the second time I stole baseball cards out of a kid's locker, you know? <laughs> and uh, he goes, what's this? I hear you're smoking. Are you taking your grandma's cigarettes and smoking them? And, and, and I go, yeah. And he goes, he, he goes, listen, listen to me. I know that you're an angry kid. And I, I know that um, when you were, you know, you feel like the people that should have loved you let you down. Okay. So I know you're getting in trouble and I know that you're, but I also know that you're a straight A student. I also know you're a pretty damn good football player. He goes, look at me. I'm 31 years old. 
do you care what happened to me when I was 10? And I said, no. And he goes, when you're 31, and he puts his big finger in my face, right? When you're 31, pal, ain't nobody going to care what happened to you when you were 10, so you better get your head out of your ass. You can't walk both sides of the fence. Damn. And you better start making some decisions on what type of man you're going to be. Okay? And, 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 And you know what? He says, so you get, he goes, you get one shot with me. One shot with me to get this shit right. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to cut your hair. You're going to take the earring out. Okay. You're going to stop hanging around this guy and this guy who's getting you into trouble. And you're going to start hanging around the kids that have good families like Danny Ball. And, you know, he named some guys in our class that came from good families. And and you're going to stop being mouthy to your teachers. And, And you do those things, you'll be fine with me. If you don't do those things, I'm done with you. Right. And so you want to talk about no wiggle room for excuse. And here's the thing that I understood. I was 14. What I needed was a man, a man in my life that gave me the bottom line and that helped bring accountability to my own life through my own actions. Right. So I call it, you know, it's the mirror in the face, right? You put the mirror in my face and said, here's where you're at. Yeah. And here, if you don't start making some changes, here's where you're going to end up. You're going to end up no good. You're going to end up in trouble and you're going to be a man that nobody respects because well, yeah, you're going to end up the same way of who you despise. Yeah. Right. right. That's, that's yeah. my message. To people. And in, in it's true. Way. Right. And, and, and I think so many times we recreate the same pain that we went through as humans, right. In, in yeah. our childhood or whatever, we have a tendency it's, you know, you know, biblically it's like generational cursing, you know, where pain is passed on from generation to generation, whether it's financial right. pain or emotional pain, and so I knew, I knew at the time that I, I, I had to break the cycle and I knew that God had blessed me with this warrior's spirit, mm-hmm. right. Where, where I was a fighter. I, you know, I, I was a fireball. I, I was a, internally a, a warrior, somebody that wanted to attack life. Yeah. And, and, and so he helped me harness that and guide it. And I ended up being a, you know, I graduated fourth in my class, being president of the student body, being a first team, all Ohio captain on the football team that went 11 and one, you know, and, 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 and so when I had the chance to come back to my hometown and get involved in coaching and actually become a coach with him, you know, I, I jumped on that after college, you of know, course. because it was, it was so important in my life, but that was, um, and part of the reason why I had such a deep love and affection for, for my, my, my hometown of Bellevue. That's also why it was very, very difficult for me to leave it when I went to Fort Lauderdale, it was hard. Right. You know, I was leaving something that had been good to me. Right. No. Well, I mean, something that had built you, really. Not that it's been good to you, but had really like made you who you were. It's truly yeah. a foundation. I would imagine, though, yeah. I would imagine that the old coach was uh, supportive of you leaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. I mean, listen, when the P90X stuff started happening, I mean, I was a guy that I never wanted to paycheck to coach. Yeah. You know, I, I found other ways to make money. You know, I had other businesses that I would run and incomes that I would make. And so I never coached football to get, you know, the, the $3,000 paycheck that a high school coach gets, you know, right. Um, you know, and the P90X stuff started happening and my life got crazy, right. I was traveling all over the country. I was traveling around the world in some occasions. Um, and so I had approached him and I said, I said, coach, listen, I had built a team of, you know, 5,000 Beachbody coaches yeah. huh. that I felt responsible for, you know, and I, w- I was actually tr- helping to train the network at events. And so I was flying twice a month to different cities you know, speaking at events and doing those sorts of things. And, and so I, I said to coach, I said, I said, coach, listen, 
I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to to hang on to coaching football and, and helping you. And we don't have another offensive line coach in the system. You know, we need to bring somebody in that I can mentor. I understood the value of mentorship, right? I understood that, that I wasn't just going to leave something I loved high and dry. So we brought right. in a kid. Yeah, that's legacy-minded shit, though, right? Like, that's yeah. where it comes yeah. through. That's my my gauge on leadership when I talk to guys that are you know, just people in general that are in leadership positions. Like, one of the leading questions I always ask is, who are you mentoring to take your job? Yeah. Well, you're that's, not, you're you not, know, you're, you're lead, as a leader, you're not worth any, like, a hill of beans. All you are is a motivational speaker. If you don't have someone that you're training to take your job. That's, because a, that's if you're a great, about that's a great point. Job, you need to be on a different route. It, that's a great listen, point. It, that's a great point. Like, like Go even ahead, even in the military, they 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 emphasize that so much is that if you're not training the person underneath you to do your job, then you're not doing your job because you need to be able to have that person coming up to take over your job so you could do the next job. Right. And it's just like that is like Tommy. Uh, uh, this is a, this is mind blowing right now. What you're what you're saying, you know, I I had no mm-hmm. idea about any of this. Um, it just blows my mind when I think about how much influence that, you know, that one person can have, like with just a few moments of words to that person to change their life. I did have, I did have a very, very important question to ask you. Were you able to keep the ACDC patches? Did he at least give you the pass (laughs) on that? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I, uh, I don't have them still. I, I kept my Guns N' Roses pictures up in my bedroom, and I uh, what else? I I had a warrant. So they're back in eighth grade when I was in eighth grade. You're talking. Did you just say warrant? Yeah. Warrant. You just say warrant. Cherry pie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So so in nineteen, 19- you know how the words of cherry pie, Sean. This is this is my other cherry pie. This is my other. This is my other claim to fame. Right? It is. In eighth grade, there was a, a magazine called Metal Edge Magazine. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Metal Edge. And so they, you could enter your name. If you wrote your name and address and you mailed it in, they would draw 10 winners of a T-shirt. So I'm in eighth grade, and I, I do this. I do this, and I, and I win. I win the Metal Edge T-shirt. It's a Warrant Cherry Pie T-shirt, and I wear it to school in eighth That's grade. That's not even metal. That's not metal. <laughs> It was in Metal Edge magazine, you know. So, I know, so, but I wear I wear it to school, man. And I mean, I get in trouble for this, right? Because I mean, I, I I'm wearing this metal, this warrant T-shirt that has like, you know, it's the Cherry Pie song. It's like, some well, chicken. everybody knows what Cherry Pie's about, <laughs> you know. There's some ticking a bikini, and I'm, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, what am I thinking? I'm 14 years old. I wear this shirt, but anyway, my name is a Tommy M. Bellevue, Ohio, in the Metal Edge magazine. So I had that ripped out and taped up to my wall, and you know. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know whether it was White Snake or ACDC or you know. Oh, any dude, of you're you're just naming like the whole entire metal Hall of Fame right there. Right. <laughs> White Snake, right. ACDC, GNR, yeah. Little exactly. Metallica, Motley Crue, you know all of it. So <laughs> it's um, it, you know, but it was yeah, a lot of great memories, man. It was it, certainly <laughs> so. I, I maintained my love for metal music, you know. Now I've mel- yeah. I've mellowed out. I'm no I'm no longer listening to Megadeth and Metallica, you know. In my I still do. I still do right now, from time I'm to time. To I'm listening to Disney music, you know, because I got yeah, these little time kids. Makes place. sense. Makes sense. Yeah, so I'm a master at Kids Bop on the on the, on the XM <laughs> radio in my car. You know, Kids Bop the the station. Now, let, right now, here, there's my important question of the day: Is when yeah. you buy yourself, do you change the radio station off of Kids Bop, or do you just leave it on there because you enjoy it? Um. 
It depends. I'll be honest with you. Now, now I listen. I, I listen to the message, which is like contemporary Christian worship music. Yeah. You know, hey, um, that. You know, and I, I I do that in my car rides when I'm alone because it just kind of brings me to peace. You know. Yeah. And yeah. and I. I I, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, you know, there's, I, music. Music is a time and place thing for me. It depends it. on what my mood is on what I'm going to listen to. But typically, I'm trying to just you know. The only time I, I listen to metal is in the gym. That's it. Like that's yeah. the only time. That, well, that's so the only time and place. Gonna, I was just going to say I, I've recently gotten into BFR training, uh, which is blood flow reduction training. I don't know if you guys have yeah, heard I of it. I got some friends that mess with that. Yeah. So I I, I just recently. Uh, started doing some some BFR stuff. I, I ran into some injuries with my shoulders and my back, and and I couldn't work out as intensely as I was during my you know that whole P90X phase, and and uh, started putting some weight back on. And and it, I know like okay, I'm 45. I got to figure out a path for me to maintain health and maintain wellness, and but I got to do it in a way that's smart, you know, and I, and, and doesn't just result in a cyclical pattern of intensity injury, intensity injury which is the pattern I've been in now for, for about five years. So I started doing this BFR stuff, but when I'm down there with my, with BFR, you can, um, we weren't going to get into this stuff, but with BFR, you're we're basically into it now. <laughs> what's that? I said, we're into it now. <laughs> well, we're into it now. With, with, with blood flow reduction, it's a way to reduce the amount of oxygen your muscles get. So, so when you work out and you're, 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 you know, you're looking for that, that, HGH release that that release yeah. that burn right and and that once you hit that burn and you can maintain that burn for a ten or fifteen minute period in a workout that's where the changes come from now it also leads to soreness and lactic acid buildup and all that right so the the thing is in order to get that burn you have to go super intense or super heavy um you know for a period of time in order to get to the point where your body now recognizes the intensity level. And typically it's due to a, a oxygen depletion in your muscles during the workout, right? The strain and the oxygen depletion. So with BFR, when you got the bands around your, you know, really between your biceps and your deltoids or around your thighs, you are restricting the amount of oxygen flow into your muscles. So you can use a lighter weight, higher rep, which leads to a less likelihood of injury, right? But really get this, it's, it's, it's been amazing for me the last few weeks to do this because I never thought about it before, but I'm able to, you know, do my chest or my back or my legs. I could just do body weight in my legs and get the same burn as if I were, you know, doing like a, a body beast workout or something like that. Right. But I'm doing maybe three sets of 30, but because of the, um, the oxygen depletion, my muscles and my brain recognize that as high intensity, even though it's right. lighter weight and heavier rep. Right. And so, um, it, anyway, when I'm doing that, I put on lithium on XM, which is, you, you know, all the stuff the like, I was saying, yeah. you know, some of the, that's the whole point. I, I, that was the long way around to say that's the long way around to go to lithium. Wow. <laughs> well, you gotta, you gotta play what gets your blood moving. Yeah. Nothing wrong with little Alice and Chains or little red hot chili peppers. I am in place. Man. So, Go ahead, Brad. I was just saying there's a, there's a time and place for all that stuff. I think it's just that's important. It's just to know your mm. know your situation and where you need to be. And yeah. You know. So now you're you're coaching back in Bellevue, Ohio. Is that correct? Well, so so you know, we had we lived in Florida for four years. Um, 
I was coaching at St. Thomas, which was really like a college job. I mean, it's 11 and a half months a year. You know, you got 5.30 a.m. workouts in the offseason. I mean, it's like a college. Yeah, you have that much talent on there. I guess it would be. Yeah, I mean, you know, these kids go there. You know, they all are, you know, there's a lot in your hands, you know. I mean, mean, to me, it's a sense of responsibility that these guys are committing themselves here because they have dreams and a vision of, of, of something bigger. The majority of them do. Mm-hmm. And, and many of them have dreams of the NFL, but but college, certainly. Um, and so, that I saw last night uh, Patrick Sertan's uh, son plays for Alabama. Yeah, he went to American yeah. Heritage, which I lived a mile away from Heritage. Yeah. And I, I've spoken with coach. His dad's the head coach at Heritage. Yeah, they said they were uh, that he had him running fundamental drills at age five. He did. Wow. Those, those kids, listen, it's a different world down there, man. I mean, yeah, it, it, I have so much respect for those those kids, you know, they start in the youth football, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and they're starting at five, six years old. I mean, you know, helmets and pads and, yeah. and, you know, they grow up, but they're also surrounded by a community of people. You know, there's a, you know, South Florida is an attractive place to live if you, if you got money, you know? And so yeah. you have, you know, our, our, the last spring, I'll just give you an example. The last spring that I was, so they have spring football in South Florida, which we don't know how. Um, but the last spring that I was there, Jason Taylor, who's an NFL Hall of Famer, came in to be the D line coach. Yeah. Oh wow! It, it, you know, I mean, so so I coached the spring with him. So I was learning, you know, you know, doing drills against him. He's coaching mm-hmm. the D line guys. I'm learning how they're teaching their hand placement and how they're reading steps and you know how they're you know whatever the fundamentals are. But um, you know, so you're surrounded. There was a guy, probably one of my best friends on the staff, was a guy named Daryl Williams, who, if you're a Seahawks fan. Uh, he, he was, he was a safety for the Seahawks. He played for the Bengals and he played for the Seahawks. I, I, I think who was the quarterback? Warren moon was Warren moon with the Seahawks for a while. Yeah, he was in late nineties. Yeah. yeah. Brad, no, Brad is, Brad is everything Seahawks here. Like if yeah. you have a question about Seahawks, Brad will so, know it. So I think I, I, uh, Daryl played two seasons for the Seahawks as a safety. He, he was 11 years in the league, a two-time all pro, yep. um, Played for the U, won two national titles there. But he was he was one of our DB coaches, you know. Yeah. And but he was just a, a great guy. I had a great friendship with him. You know, yeah, guys like you know, I mean, it was just the kind of place where we're standing there at practice one day, and I got the it's like a walkthrough Thursday deal, and our OC's up in the press box, and he goes, "Hey, Tommy, who's that over at the gate?" And I'm like, "Hell, I don't know. I did, I couldn't see. You know, I was out of the I'm, I'm like, "Why?" He's like, "I think it's Franco Harris." What? <laughs> and I'm like, and sure so, like Franco Harris is there watching football practice, you know? Yep. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm at practice one day, and, and all of a sudden, like, Wes Welker's there to watch football practice, and, and he starts hanging around the program, you know? And, yep. you know, Wes, so Wes kind of became part of our idea, you know. Well, did became Wes, part of the Wes, Wes became a coach, too, just recently, didn't he? Well, was so Wes was, Wes was, we were talking, trying to talk Wes into helping us out of St. Thomas. Oh, wow. And he got the job as like the QA guy or the receiver coach for the Houston Texans. Now I don't know where he's at now, yeah. uh, but he was living. I mean, he was in the same boat as me. You know, he, yeah, he has newborn twins. I saw him recently on a sideline somewhere. Yeah, so he's yeah. he's coaching in the NFL now. But he was for for a couple of years there. He was kind of lost, right? I mean, yeah. all he ever knew was football. Yeah, and all of a sudden, and Tom now, Brady. He's married with two kids and no football, yeah. and he's out of his mind. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. So he starts coming around. So if you're in South Florida, one of the places you go around if you're a football guy is is St. Thomas. You know, I mean, you know, we showed up to lift in the weight room one day and we had to wait an hour because the Atlanta Falcons were 
lifting in our weight room yeah. using our facility, you know? So, I mean, it was just that kind of a place. Um, it that's was amazing. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I'm sorry. In Canada, all right, there's no NHL player coming to use any high school facility to right. come and work out. There's, It's not happening, okay? So when you hear that a whole entire professional football team is coming to a high school facility to use the workout room, it's like, holy crap, yeah. what? Because it's not it was- happening. Sidney Crosby is not coming to lift weights. It's some right. bloody high school in uh, Cole Harbor. That's not right. happening. That's not happening. Wow. Yeah, those kind of things happen all the time at, at, at that particular high school. Wow. And, um, but you got to understand, I mean, all, all the Shulas went to school there. Yeah, but, but uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing is that when it comes to when it comes to football in the U.S., OK, no matter what. I mean, Canada, we have everything when it comes down to um, like when it comes down to hockey. Yeah, we have, we have great hockey players, great programs, all that good stuff. But when it comes down to football, high school football. Mm-hmm. This is like something different with you guys as far as that's concerned. I mean, yeah, we 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 respect our hockey players coming up. World juniors are happening right now. I know everybody yeah. in Canada is going crazy. We one of the top prospects just got injured in the world juniors. He's gone for the whole entire season. He's a number one draft pick, like like one of the top draft picks. He's gone for the whole entire season in this whole entire thing. So if that would happen in 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 college, I mean, that's your career. It's not his career there as far as that's concerned. But mm-hmm. what my point is, is that you have stadiums, not in every high school, no. but in most high schools in the U.S., you have stadiums that are the same size or maybe bigger than a CFL stadium. That is what right. I, I don't think people realize how huge like high it, school football it is. is. Well, Texas, Texas has the stadiums, man. Texas, their high schools down there. I mean, they have stadiums that fit, you know, 40,000 people. Some of those high schools. In Texas. I'm not even talking about that though, man. CFL, we're so, just talking about maybe 13,000. Yeah. It's, um, it's, I mean, here, I, I've only, not full. Know, really, the CFL places aren't full. We did we just to be clear. They're not, that's 13,000. And, yeah. and they're not full. It's, it's like, well, I, I mean, listen, I quiet I, now, I, Brad, I, Brad, Hey, Saskatchewan is always full. Okay, there's so nothing. Tom, I've, been, I've been beating this drum this entire time about how <laughs> CFL is. Tom, so, we've been having we've been having discussions on the CFL. Like Brad doesn't think that they're professional football players. I'm telling him, yes, they are. They're still they getting are. a paycheck. They're you know? they're one step away from NFL. I mean, That's there's what a lot I say. of guys. That, there's a lot of guys that get drafted and they play two years in the league and then they they they, they go over to CFL because they get cut from an NFL team. But they're they're all borderline. Yes. NFL talents, you know. As that, long as you have a rule, Tommy, that you have to have a certain percentage of homegrown players on your roster. It's right, that, right. That's Canada. Matter. Come on well, now. Whatever. We need to have a couple of people. Listen, you drafted one no. guy. Well, not you guys. I'm sorry. I'm, see, now I'm saying the whole entire U.S. is a you. Okay? It doesn't matter what right. state you're in. The whole U.S. <laughs> is a you. But the thing is, is that the U- United States of America drafted Tardif uh, – uh, off of the Kansas City Chiefs, Tardif. Uh, why can't I remember? Remember his his last name is Tardif. I'm sorry. Okay. So they drafted him from McGill University, right? Top right guard on the Kansas City Chiefs. He took the season off to go be a doctor in uh, in uh, Montreal. Here, uh, amazing guy. He he was actually co winner of the Lou Marsh Award here in Canada. Anyways, though, that's one of the very few guys I know that get drafted by a Canadian university to an NFL team. Like, right. like very few. Yeah. Well, it's, um, well, the, right, one, it's of the kids that I, one of the kids <laughs> that I, I, I mentioned was named Josh Palmer who plays for Tennessee, but he, he was from Toronto and, and he moved 
to South Florida just to play football at at St. Thomas, you know? Just give me one um, second here. One second here for all my Toronto people there, all right? First off, that's repping the six and go, go, blow, 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 blow. All right, there we go. All right. <laughs> what <is> <laughs> you got me for the T-Dot. Only the yeah. T-Dot. We cook curry in the T-Dot. I don't know if you remember that there from the uh, NBA oh. Finals. We cook some curry in the oh, T-Dot. Oh, we cook some curry, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, Raptors, the, the Raptors had it going, man. They, they did. did. They, they did. They home. For the Canadians, that's for sure. Super happy, yeah. super happy. Greatest trade ever from Masai Ujiri. One year, doesn't matter. Rental, great rental, great uh, rental. Uh, <laughs> it was that great. The finals Kevin Durant played in uh, one game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know, you know, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm a LeBron fan. I, you know, he's from Ohio. You gotta I, be. I, yeah. I watched him the ball when. In fact, it was it was in 2012. We played his alma mater, his high school alma mater, in the state football championship, and hmm. and he was there, you know, at the game, yeah. which was uh, pretty surreal, you know. But um, back in St. he was a good receiver. In high yeah, school. well, he could he listen. He could have he he could have went league, you know. I mean, he could have he could have done whatever he wanted. I mean, he's just freak that guy. Yeah. He was Freakish. he was he was just a freak with with basketball. But he was a very good. I mean, he was all state. Uh, wide out, a wide receiver kind of tight end guy for for Akron St. Vincent St. Mary's, which which uh, you know arguably is, it's one of the better programs in the state. You know, it's it's one of the top ten programs in the state of Ohio. But a um, lot of lot of talent that comes out of there. You know, uh, the the whole Cleveland Akron Canton area. So, yeah. but uh, you know, I'm always going to root for LeBron, even if he's with the Lakers. You know, I mean, he brought one home to Cleveland. So, you can't be upset about that, right? Like he, he left no. Cleveland, everybody was pissed. He went and won two championships, came back, he at least got one in there in Cleveland. So everybody's hey, like man, off he, his back. <laughs> he came back, right? He had some help from Kyrie and Love, you know. And I wish that Kyrie would have just I think I think he would have stayed in Cleveland had they been able to keep that team Absolutely. intact. Absolutely. I don't know what Kyrie, Kyrie was thinking. What was well, Kyrie thinking? Well, I'm no, going to go to the Celtics. Sure what Kyrie is thinking. <laughs> I don't think Kyrie knows what he's thinking. There's a flat earth. Oh, well, sorry, guys. Yeah, sorry. Flat, yeah, he was. He was for like a hot moment. And then all of a sudden he goes, I went into these rabbit holes. Uh, I'm really sorry that I uh, believed this. It's like, yo, bro, lay off, lay off the Google. Lay off the Google. Like a week or, week or two ago, I see the video of him, you know, burning the sage before the yeah. game around the arena. You know? That seems to be his but, new thing. Yeah, he's there. I, I don't know. I mean, if, if you ask me, yeah, you know, a guy from – from Ohio, I just think that you know he wanted to be the man, and he was never going to be the man as long as yeah. he was with LeBron, right? Yeah. yeah. And 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 so, you know, I I think he wanted to go somewhere and build his own legacy. Not everybody is a Scottie Pippen that can play second fiddle to Michael Jordan, you know. No. Um, no. But have an equally. Kyrie's not the man, though. Kyrie Kyrie doesn't have the makeup to be the man. No. Exactly. No, he yeah. is a second guy. He is a second guy. That's why he's, he's never going to be Kevin yeah. Durant right now. That's yeah. it. He's a second guy to Kevin Durant. You know, I mean, that's the thing is that Kyrie is a second guy. Um, you're right. Not not everybody can be Scottie Pippen, but Scottie Pippen also signed a really, really team friendly contract when he oh, was there. It was a, it was a ba- that was a bad deal for Pippen for sure. Oh yeah, that was highway robbery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. The small town got me. I don't know if you guys watched the last dance. I'll just assume you did, but he talked uh, about yeah. Uh, you know, you live in a house with a dirt floor, and they can. It's give you true, a- man. 
These guys are, you know, he, he's an athlete, right? You know, I, I mean, but when you come from nothing and, and I coach some kids at St. Thomas, I mean, Fort Lauderdale is kind of a, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because you got people that come from all kinds of money or all kinds of fame, but you also got people that come from the street, you know? Um, and we had, we had, we had some kids that came, they, you know, from, from the street and, and they're all, they're just trying to make it, you know, and, and making it means just being able to help their mama put lights on and, and not get evicted from their apartment, you know, not have to live out of a hotel. And so, um, you know, so they're completely committed to making that happen. So when, when he had a guarantee, you know, he, he, you know, he, he probably took that because like, like you said, in the last dance, he talks about that. When, when you come from not much, anything better than not much is a hell of a deal. Life, that's life changing generational money. Yeah. Where he comes from. Yep, absolutely. Underpay him and undervalue him. It absolutely did. But he still, at the end of the day, he was able to provide his family with a life that they wouldn't have had otherwise. And yeah. so, you know, that's, yeah, that's, that's the yeah. hard part about the, prof the professional aspect of sports is that is your value. It's a, well, it's a business, you know. Um, yeah. Did you see uh, LeBron's little backflip get back on defense last night after he blew the dunk? No. Well, last night I was watching the Buckeyes put the stomp down on Clemson. So yeah, I, I caught I caught the uh, the highlight this morning. I, I, also, I didn't see the highlight though. Yeah. Football is I, basketball is my first love, but football is my I, I'll watch it at, at nauseum. I just yeah. I always catch the basketball on the post side because you know that's where it is for me. But LeBron LeBron's still athletic at thirty eight or whatever old he is right now. <clears throat> yeah, I have to apologize there. Uh, yeah. Whew. Oh, we just lost Brad. Oh, we what lost Tommy. Oh, what's going on? Was you. you sat down too fast. And it does I not sat down too fast. Everybody you. flipped around. I'm all freaked out. <laughs> Do you have me? Am I here? Yeah, yeah we okay. have you. We have you. Okay. Okay. So, um, no, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I missed, I no, missed that You're conversation. Uh, unfortunately, when I get to the beer, unfortunately, it's on rent. So, it... Uh, Goes through pretty quick. We're pretty yeah. deep. We're pretty deep in here now. So we, we we probably got a couple minutes left. I'm going to wrap it up. But I wanted to. Are you a Cleveland Browns fan, Tommy? Yeah, I, I'm more of a college fan. I mean, yeah. I like the Browns. Um, I mean, if I had to pick an NFL team, it would be the Browns. I mean, I yeah. remember watching the you know Bernie Kosar and, and Brian Sipe growing up. You know, yeah. um, my grandfather was a was a big Browns fan. I always wore Browns or uh, I don't know if we're allowed to say the Cleveland Indians anymore. Yeah, you still I, I, are. You still are for one more season. Well, I was. I, I've I've always been a, a big tribe fan. Yeah, you know, I mean, I in high school, you know, the Cleveland Indians built, you know, prog what's progressive field. It was called the Jake. It's always going to be the Jake to us. But they built that stadium when my senior year in high school, and that place through the whole '90s when I was just a young man was rocking. You know, I mean, you couldn't find a ticket. I mean, it, it, you know, I think they sold out like seven seasons in a row in the '90s. You know, now, do you think do you think <laughs> that that had to do with the movie Major League and Major League Two? Well, I uh, well, I think it had to do with winning. Yeah. I think it, it had did. to do with winning. It did. It did. They put together some real good squads uh, back then. That's, yeah, that's for real. Yeah, you know, um, you know, they were we were winning, and it, you know, um, I mean, Cleveland fans are diehard. Yeah, but you, you know, you guys, I mean, you guys went to the World Series. Was it ninety? Was it ninety six? Ninety six. Yeah, and and listen, in ninety five, we. Should have went to the World Series, but they went out straight. Right. Okay, but we had won like 100 games. We were like 118 in that season. Mm -hmm. And then in 96, we make it to the World Series, but we lose. 
Okay, yeah. okay. So you were 118, Brad. What was Seattle Mariners' record there in 2001? Uh, I, I think it was better than that. I think it was like the best record ever. But yep. and what happened? What happened in the divisional? The no, yeah, the the yeah, the divisional round. What happened to yeah, Seattle? It always happens. The damn Yankees. <laughs> I hate the Yankees though. Don't oh, worry. I hate the Yankees. the Yankees. Yeah, everybody, everybody hates the Yankees. Yankees. Like every Yankees fans, but I hate them. Too. <laughs> everybody, everybody hates the Yankees, man. I mean, I mean, listen. You come to Cleveland. There's no game that's more packed than the the, the Indians Yankees game. Yeah. I, yeah, I will talk to almost any sports fan about their team, but if you're a Yankees fan, I'm probably not talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a listen. I'm a I'm a guy that I believe. Listen, I, if I'm from Ohio, I better like the Ohio teams. I better like the Buckeyes. I better, you know. I don't understand these people that live. Well, the Buckeyes, the Buckeyes Ohio. are easy to get on board with. It's it's like, you know, they got a winning record. It's there's, like they're good. Two states for me in my, in my experience that uh, care more about college athletics than they do about their own pro teams. It's Louisiana and Ohio. Yeah, we are certainly a college oriented. Yes. Um, no, nothing wrong with it. That's no, there isn't. So it's like there's either all LSU, say. all Ohio State, and you're like, oh, Cleveland. Yeah, I like the Browns. Ohio <laughs> State is like it's a passion. Like you have a yeah. deep burning desire for Ohio State. Yep. The rest of it, the pro stuff, is like a social deal, yeah. right? Where I like them because socially I can have a few beers and I can watch the game and enjoy it. But right. I'm not going to live and die. I'm not going to feel bad the next day if we lose. You know. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I certainly agree with that as far as as far as Ohio goes so uh I, yeah I'm a Browns fan I mean I've watched pretty much every Browns game this year that I could watch um excited that they're winning some freaking games you know I, I think that well it's kind uh, of what my question is my question is with a winning season they have right you know 10 wins today yeah is, they lose tomorrow and go out of the playoffs is it still a successful season in your opinion I mean, no it feels, it feels like yeah. the most Cleveland thing in the world to no. have a winning record and not make the playoffs no um <laughs> We were, I think, in two thousand and eight, we were ten and six. We had a guy named uh, Krebs that was a kick returner, wide receiver that was really good. Oh, I remember, yeah, Joshua Krebs. Yeah, 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 Joshua yeah. Joshua Krebs went to Kent State. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm going to say no. It, it, listen, if they beat the Steelers and make the playoffs, Cleveland people will be happy. Anything less than that, as of right now. Is I mean it's hard. We we don't want a, a moral victory of oh well we went we went from being one in thirty one yeah. in two years to being nine and seven and that's why I love Cleveland fans because you know like we're we're tired we're we're, we're tired we're we're tired of of this close yep. you yeah. know we're tired yeah. of it so yeah we, listen we got the team they just got to put it together I mean I mean they you know they gave Ravens all they had they could have won that game yeah um, last week. I, you know, everyone here is pissed off that the NFL made them play hey, that game. COVID, 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 they, exactly. You know, it, 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 I mean, it, you know, they, they, they delayed other games. The Ravens had a game delayed because of COVID. Yeah, but that's the Ravens. The Broncos had to go out there with, like, their not even a third-string quarterback. So, right. It's, the wide it's, receiver. It's interesting. I mean, you know, so it's, it's – yeah. It's interesting how the NFL looks at certain teams. It's like, oh, we'll give you that. We'll give you that. We'll push it down. Yeah. Cleveland is not going to get that benefit of the doubt. Denver is not going to get that benefit of the doubt. It's it's only the 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 the, the teams. Like if I tell you right now, if you were to see that uh, Mahomes had COVID, they push that game. They're not going right. to play the game without Mahomes. That guy is a huge deal. He's a but huge that's deal. The reason why people, people love in. college sports and not pro sports as much because it's a business. Mm-hmm. Decisions are business decisions. It's um, 
It's, it's a, listen, there's uh, yeah. business decisions, but then there's just like just being fair. Not and hey, that's listen, not fair. You already heard though, be fair is a place they judge they judge they judge pigs. Damn, damn. I knew you were gonna bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> that, was that was from Dave Sadler, which was from Stephen A. Smith. Uh, it was from Thank Lampton. you, Stephen A. Smith. That was, that was Lampton. Lampton. Uh, oh, that's right, Stephen A. That's right, Lampton said that was Stephen A. Smith. Stephen, yeah, A. Stephen A. Smith says that's what it is. Fair yeah. is fair. It is what it is. It's not fair. It's not great. It sucks, but it's you know that's yeah, but, you know like here's the thing. It's it's no different. It's no different than if you had two corporations bidding, and you just have one corporation going. Well, listen, this is what we bring to the table. And this guy Look, here, he brings what no he can to the Stern table, but it ain't the same. Whatever. Ah, whatever, man. Whatever. <laughs> we'll just agree to disagree. We'll just agree to disagree. I don't, I don't agree with it. I'm just saying that's the way it is. But, but here's here's my thing is that so I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. Bills fan. Like today. that's me. That's me. No, 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 not today. This that's me my team <laughs> forever. Okay. But then I got married to Joanna. And yeah. of course, I am I am the um I'm not going to say saint, but I am definitely the person that loves lost causes. So I, of course, inherited and loved my Browns because it was just like, they remind me of my Leafs and they remind me of my Bills. They're just so bad that they're going to be good one day, right? So you just embrace them. And then this year, I had both of them popping off the Bills and the Browns. So I'm like, yeah, of course I'm going to cheer for both. (laughs) I'm married to a Cleveland woman, right? Or Ohio woman that's a Browns fan. And so I'm there. Of course, I'm going to hear it both. But now, if the Browns do win, if they do win, they're in. I'm sorry. I'm wearing this jersey. It's going to be Bills. I'm sorry. I I know. It it might be a Bills-Browns matchup in that first. That's right. First round might be a Bills-Brown matchup. And it's just like it's tearing me up inside. It's (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're you're in conflict, right? I mean, I I, I uh, w- with some of the time I spent in Southern California, I was a USC Trojans fan, yeah. you know, and so I, I root for the Trojans. But I'm, I, if they ever played Ohio State, there's no way in hell I'm not cheering for Ohio State, right? So it's the same. Yeah, I think if you're a, if you're a fan, I got fist bump this man right now. I got fist yeah, bump him. Boom. You know, <laughs> you have every right. Hold on, Sean. Hold. Listen, uh, Tommy. Do you have any USC Trojan gear? I did. I I don't now. Do you now? Know. Do you I don't know. Okay, thank What's you. What's that? Sean Sean buys gear for all of his different teams and then just wears them if they win. No, I just sort of I, I sort of privately and secretly you know, I I, I yeah. secretly cheer for them. I, I'm not like posting about them and I'm not Yes, uh, and there's nothing there's a hierarchy. Like I have favorite yeah. teams too, and it, but there's the favorite team. No, no, no. Yeah. my favorite it's the only team gear that I'm buying. I'm not hying and like wait Sean's a second <laughs> off camera. He's got a bills. I don't Poster and a Browns poster, which everyone's winning, he puts higher than the other one. <laughs> I've yeah, never been yeah. in a situation where I had both my teams winning. Okay, you can't you can't be married to one and date the other. I mean, that's yeah. how. Well, that's you know. it. But here's here's the thing. Here's the thing, Tommy, is that for years, okay, both teams were just bottom dwellers. So it was just like you know, oh, that's good. You cheer for two right. loser teams. Oh, but now all of a sudden they both have winning records. Like, oh, you can't cheer for two teams. Like, get out of here. Well, I even, you know what? And, and and honestly, Brad, I'm getting it from my cousin as well. He goes, well, you were a Seahawks fan there for a little bit. It was 2013 when I lived there. When I lived there and they won the Super Bowl. Of course I'm going to cheer for them. Well, and you know, like I, I've become a, 
I become like a Miami U fan because I live yeah. down there, right? And I know some of the kids that are playing there. Um, I, I don't, you know, the Dolphins. I, I'm not. I, I wouldn't say I'm a fan. I would say that um, I, I'm a supporter of yeah. them. Do I put it? I'm a fan of Ohio yeah. State. I'm a supporter for you. See what I'm saying? There's a difference. Yeah. No, 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 no. I totally understand because, like, even me as a Bills fan, I I don't mind Miami. It's good they're having a winning record. I hope they make the postseason. Good I hate God. the Patriots. I hate the Patriots. I hate the Patriots. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Not everyone hates the Patriots. Where I'm living, it's actually Patriots. Patriots, like, you know, because it's right. in Nova Scotia, they're so close to Boston, they all think they're little, you know, Canadian Bostonians. Right. So it's just like, you know, they've all inherited everything <laughs> Boston. There's Yankee fans everywhere, too, for the same reason. So what do, what, what do people in, like, Windsor, Ontario do? I mean, are they Detroit fans? I mean, but Detroit's such a loser and everything. that. But you know what? I have run into actual Detroit fans. Like, actually, one guy from California. Like I'm not even I'm not even joking with you, Tommy. This guy is from Sacramento, and I remember when I was in the uh, Whippy Island there because he was USN United States Navy. I'm Royal Canadian Navy. We're working together. We're talking about football. So I was expecting him to say, you know, 49ers, Oakland, something like that. He goes, "I'm a Detroit Lions fan." I'm like what? <laughs> he's from Sacramento. Hey. Yeah, yeah. I'm like what? what? I, here, here's my thing. Here's my thing. Okay, I'm a fan of people that aren't sellouts. So if you He's live in sellout. Ohio exactly. and you're a Michigan fan or you live in Ohio and you like the Pittsburgh Steelers, you're a loser to me. That bottom line, that, that's how I feel. Okay. Like there's something to be said about loyalty and whether you're winning, whether you're not winning, whether you're getting, you know, so like, I'm, I'm not going to go put on steel. I'm not going to be a front runner that tries to like the team that's hot in the moment. Like I got one of, one of my buddies was a Michigan fan growing up because in the nineties, Michigan was beating us in the eighties and nineties. Right. Right. Now all of a sudden, the last ten years, fifteen years, he, he's he's an Ohio fan. He's an Ohio State fan, and I said, "You can't do that. I don't care that you live in Columbus now, you know, because you you know, to me, you know, or pick something and stick with it. Like you, you, you know, hear that, play. Brad? I've been the same fans in '79. Yeah. Well, I know, I know, but you're, like, you're like riding me. You're riding me is what I'm saying. I mean, you I, know, I'm not nobody's driving you is what he's doing. Nobody pick, pick something. <laughs> I have picks. Well, pick something and stick with it. Like you, you know, like like. Damn, okay, Tommy. <laughs> you have a reason. You have a reason to like the Browns, and that's because you're married <laughs> to an Ohio woman. You know. Yeah, but have you have so, you heard? So so Brad Brad is actually okay. He's actually stated this a couple of times to me. Going, you can't do that. You can't do that. So he told me about this game in Seattle, where <laughs> Buddy Boy comes in with a, what was it? Uh, was it a Steelers jersey he's and a and a Seattle hat? Yeah, in 2007, so after we lost the 05 Super Bowl to Pittsburgh Steelers, he shows up in a Sean Alexander jersey and a Pittsburgh Steelers hat. <laughs> That's crazy. And so Brad, uh, Brad's like freaking out, it, like you it, can't do that yeah. at Questfield, right? And you know, in in you know the levels of uh, right. the upper levels where the real fans sit, right. and uh, <laughs> he had a choice to make. He could either take his hat off or take his jersey off, or he was going to leave because right. Well, I'm not playing that, but that's not how it goes. That ain't how we're rolling. Right? Says, I'm just surprised. I'm a Seahawks fan, but I'm a Steelers fan, and she made me wear this jersey. I was like, you got to go, homie. Like, it's yeah, not. I'm just shocked. Yeah, that's it. I'm super <laughs> shocked that at a, at a football, at, at Lumen Field now, all right, that a place that sells Starbucks coffee of fans that are that fickle. I don't know. It's like Starbucks. Mm. <laughs> National first deployment. And I'll never forget, I picked up an England jersey. We're going into the World Cup 
coming up, right? And I picked up an England jersey. We went into uh, Edinburgh, Scotland. No, Glasgow. Glasgow, Scotland. And I put this England jersey on me walking around Edinburgh. And I remember everybody around me, because I really, I didn't think one thing or the other about it. You know, I'm like, whatever, man, we're, we're in the, we're in the aisles. We're in the British aisles, you know? So I put it on, I'm walking around. My buddy's like, you shouldn't wear that out there. You're going into Scotland. You're wearing an England Jersey, right? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, I don't care. I, I managed to get away with it, but there was a lot of looks. I definitely got a lot well, of looks. Well, that's because you're big. You can get I know, I know. If I was a smaller guy. <laughs> but I felt like such a jerk afterwards. Like, what a jerk this guy is wearing an yeah, England jersey. Do so you still buy jerseys at whim? It's fine. Yo, that's not true. I only have it's my so Brett trendy. Favre jersey. Not true. I got my Brett Favre jersey from Minnesota. I got my Russell Wilson jersey. <laughs> I got my Josh Allen jersey now. I got my uh, James Brown jersey, Cleveland Browns. I got my Dougie Gilmore, the killer jersey for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and Tyler Ennis jersey. Oh, wait, and I got some Blue Jays jersey. You've been a Bills fan for so long, but that's your first Bills jersey is what I just heard you say after all that. So it's fine. Anyway. You're not lying. <laughs> You're not lying. <laughs> just making my point for me. I appreciate you. <laughs> You're not I, lying. I, I know, you know we've got a bunch of things to go. Uh, mm. you know, Saturday, it's family day and all those things. Awesome, so, uh, Tommy, it's been great talking to you. We'd love to have you on again to talk some more. I feel like there's hey. some things that we didn't get to. And so uh, hopefully we can have you on soon in the future and we'll be able to you know kind of dig a little bit. Hey, deeper. man, I, I've had a great time. I really appreciate you guys bringing me on. So, uh, we really appreciate it, man. You've been a great guest. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I really hope you uh, will frequent us one more time, maybe you hey, know, in I the will. future. Reach out to me. We'll, we'll set it up. Yep. That sounds so, excellent. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's uh, yeah, it's a real thing to, to monitor. You know, there's some really great games, and not just great games, but just games that really matter. Uh, we quickly get into them. I know we've been going for a little bit here, so we can quickly run through this. Falcons, Buccaneers, Atlanta gets a chance to play spoiler uh, against the division rival Buccaneers. Yeah. Uh, I'm rooting for it. I think it'd be fun to watch Tom Brady. Uh, well, I mean, so so here's the thing. Do you remember that game that happened there where last week Buccaneers like ran over yep. ran over their competition, right? Uh who were who are they playing for crying out loud? I can't even remember. Because it was just it was just a ridiculous yeah, it was a lion. And everybody everybody was going, Oh, they're getting hot at the right time. Oh, they're so good. Oh, Tom Brady. And then Steven uh what's his name there? Steve Smith Jr. Yep. On that on that broadcast, I'll never forget, post game, ended up saying, Yeah. Tampa Bay is going to get their <laughs> They're going to get smacked around in the first round. Cuz just like no, you just played you just played Detroit and you're going to end up saying that you know Tom Brady's ready? No, you played Detroit and you got that win. Whatever. You know you're playing the Falcons. Who cares? Well, Atlanta cares. We'll see how it goes. You think Atlanta cares? I mean, yeah, they yeah. they they, they want to they want to represent that they're an NFL team. Absolutely. Yeah, you want to play? They're proud. It's a division game. They're setting the tone for next year. Raheem Morris is, you know, potentially playing for uh, coaching for a job. You know, I, think yeah, I guess. Like if they, I mean, they it's the same thing. Around. Yeah, it's the same thing with Vikings Lions. Like, I don't care about the Vikings Lions. Who cares? There's no playoff implications. No, no one cares about that game. Nobody cares about the Jets Patriots. Dolphins Bills. Yeah. That's a big game. Dolphins need to win to really solidify a playoff spot. Yeah, I, the Bills need to win too. Do they? I think so. Do they? Because here's 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 what it comes down to to me. If they lose that game, right, and the Steelers are playing Mason Rudolph, it doesn't change anything. 
if the Steelers lose. If the Steelers lose, why would you? Here's it's the same thing as we talk about when you're when you're fighting, right? Like you can't leave it to the judges. But you can't leave it to the judges. I totally agree with you. But at the so same hand, why would you need to win this game if you're Buffalo? Because then I'm not saying the, the Buffalo, only way you're going on the road is. I'm to not go to saying. Yeah, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that there's not as much pressure on Buffalo to win this game. No, there's not. But if there's Buffalo, all the pressures on Dolphins. If you want, if you're Buffalo, you want to win this game. Yeah, there's no pressure on them to win it. They're doing what Pittsburgh should be doing. Yeah, we're just trying to win. Yeah. Now, 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 the Browns they have to win. They have yeah. to win because you don't you don't want to be in that position. Hopefully, that Jacksonville's going to knock off Indianapolis. That that's not going to happen. No, not with the Colts playing for a no, <laughs> no. no so you need to you need to be the author of your own destiny as far as Miami has to have the Ravens lose, which they're playing the Bengals, and the Ravens need to win. Listen, right? don't don't write off the Bengals. That is, not, that is a I, conference. Saying, that is a that is a division game. What I'm and, saying though is that if you're hmm. the Dolphins, you either have a loss by the Ravens, the Browns, or the Colts. Which one of those is more likely to happen? Yeah, no. You have to win. If you're a Miami Dolphins guy, you have to win. Same thing with Cowboys-Giants. I mean, the Cowboys got to beat the Giants, or the Giants have to beat the Cowboys, I guess. If the Cowboys beat the Giants, right? Yeah. That moves well, them in automatic contention, and they need Washington to lose. Well, both teams need – so either team, if the winner of the Washington and Dallas game goes – or I'm sorry. Washington Eagles? Yes. Yeah. No. If Washington wins, they go to the playoffs. If Washington loses, no matter what, that's right. Yes. If Washington, but what I'm hoping is, it's the winner of Dallas and the Giants. That's right. That's exactly right. But that's why I'm hoping that the Eagles will show up. As much as I want Washington, it's a great story and all that. Dwayne Haskins is a piece of garbage. Um, well, he doesn't play there anymore. No, he doesn't. And and now, now I'm wondering. Is starting. He is starting, and that's after that uh, injured calf. He's starting. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Shane calf, some kind of bloody Kurt Schilling sock. So I mean, you know, that that's that's gonna be interesting, but I'll tell you what, I I have no dog in this game, but I've been dogging the Cowboys so much that I kind of want them to win from all the bad luck they've had. Man, bad luck, nothing. Dak yeah. Prescott, that was a terrible, that was a terrible injury, man. He didn't that deserve was, that. But they also like that's because they got that onside kick against Atlanta. Yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah, you're right. Bad luck there. So Bengals Ravens, I think the Ravens are going to take it. Like a, if I'm a betting man, they're they're taking it. Like well, Harbaugh, Harbaugh's going to have those guys ready to go. Yeah. They get, they win in the rain, right? I mean, they've got it. The control their own yeah. destiny. Now Jaguars Colts. I'm sorry, I don't see the Jaguars with any path to victory in that game. Not not a viable path. No. 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 Titans Texans. Baltimore having a 13 point favorite going into the game. Yeah, I I mean, hey, stranger things have happened, but I yeah, mean, it, this is why they play. We, yeah. we play the games for this reason, but we, you know, Vegas. Well, is that's the thing. The Bengals are playing spoiler. That's that's all they're playing at this point. Yeah, against a division opponent. I love that yeah. the NFL moved to playing division games in Week 17. Yeah, it, it's it's great. It's great because now there's just so much more. Games. Well, because it matters. Even you know these teams that are out of it. Even like as much as we don't care about this Jets Patriots game. Mm. It's still a division game that matters. Eh, it's not. More. It's not making my TV. It's not making my TV. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. 
Um, now Cardinals Rams. There's not a lot of great. There's not a lot of great games in the early window, so I might watch it. Yeah, but Cardinals Rams. What are you talking about? There's Steelers. There's Steelers Browns. There's Dolphins and Bills. What are you talking about? Again. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Whatever. Oh, you need a chai latte. <laughs> Titans, Texans. Titans need a win, really, if they want to solidify any sort of projection going forward yeah, against Texans. Got to get back on track after that snoozer in Green Bay. Yeah, if they want to make any. Kind well, of- I'm not. Listen, listen. They were playing in Lambeau in the snow. Hey, as far as I'm concerned, all roads in the NFC go through Green Bay. Now that you have to play in Lambeau yeah. in that conditions, it's 100%. ridiculous. So if you're a running team, the weather shouldn't matter. That's just the, that's the move. Yeah, but if you're a running team that's not used to that conditions, Doesn't yeah. No. Oh, I don't know, man. There's something to be said about warm climates and then having to come into Lambo. I, I understand you said one person. One person managed to do it, yeah. and that's Michael Vick. But that's one person. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Green Bay had a pretty significant injury uh, with Brian Beck, Terry Turner, his ACL uh, yeah. on the offensive line. It'll be interesting to see how they fill that hole. Now, Cardinals, Rams. I mean, Cardinals still have a chance to make the postseason. They got to beat uh, the Rams. Super fascinating, to be honest with you, because there could be three NFC West teams in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. If the three. if the Cardinals win, that definitely makes that a possibility for sure. I, I feel sick to my stomach when I say this out loud, but I wish Jared Goff was healthy because mm-hmm. I feel like they, you know, you've talked about a John Wolford. If you can, you know, raise your hand if you know where he went to school. Uh, no NFL <laughs> snaps uh, in a regular season game, you know. Um, it's going to be hard for the Rams yeah. to get this thing home, but with that defense, anything's possible. And that's I, I'll tell you what, I'm here for it. You know, if they win, you know, that's it. Uh, playoff city, right? That's going to be. Now we got saints and Panthers. Yep. Uh, it's no real implications. Saints ain't playing for anything really. So you might as well rest. You may as well rest uh, Drew, well, Blitz, I mean, Drew Brees. Yeah, maybe, right. You, you got to play for the number one seed of Green Bay falters. You think, okay. So, that's an interesting game. Green Bay's and the Bears, Green Bay Packers and the Bears, because the Bears need to win in order to yep. keep their playoff hopes alive. Yep. So, and Green Bay needs the win to keep their number one seed alive because if they don't, if they lose and New Orleans wins, they're you know there's that toss up there. Are you sure? Because do, who has yep. the tiebreaker as far as that's concerned? Um, it it all depends on how the whole thing shakes out. Yeah. If so, if uh. If Chicago wins and the Saints win and the Seahawks win, then New Orleans becomes the one wow. seed. Okay, here we go. If San Francisco wins and the Saints win and Chicago wins, Green Bay stays the one seed. Here so it all kind of hinges on the Seattle game. Now, if the if the Panthers win and the Bears win, then yeah. and Seattle wins and Seattle's the one seed. Wow. Uh, so so there's, just, there's a lot riding on these games. Those, those yeah. three games are going to determine the number one seed. Now, if Green Bay wins and beats Chicago. Yeah. Um, they got it. Well, I don't think it's anybody. Yeah. What's interesting is that if Green Bay wins and the Saints win, then both Arizona and the Rams look like they both make the playoffs before that game's even determined. That's just insane. That's insane. So. So, well, well, I guess it looks like I'm sorry. It looks like if, if Chicago loses, but the Rams win, then Chicago would be the seven seed, and Arizona would be out. But if Arizona wins, then it's those teams. So it's like interesting. 
Yeah, the NFC is wild. It's wide open. It is. There's so much happening in the NFC. Yeah. So I mean, Green Bay's got but because you have so much like garbage in the NFC yeah. though too. Green Bay, Green Bay can't afford uh, to lose. Yeah, Chargers, Chiefs. I mean, Chiefs could rest everybody if they want. They got number one. Who cares? and they should and they yeah. should. They could rest Andy everybody. Andy Reid will because he believes in momentum. But yeah, now Seahawks, Niners. I mean, Seahawks are going to come out there. There's a division opponent. They're gonna they're gonna sock them in the mouth. I think. There's I think they got the a, Niners. There's not a division rival that Seattle hates more, and I would say that San Francisco. Then the Niners. I think I, I agree. Do not like each other. Not at all. Our bases uh, do typically do not like each other. Yeah, and so I think that we're in for a good game. Uh, even though you know the 49ers have had their injury concerns and those things, it terrifies me that George Kittle's back. Um, you need you need you need to yeah. use that though. You know what? If you have that kind of power, you don't have the passing coming to him. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. He'll just yeah. improve the run game. We'll have to see how it shakes out. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, Pete Carroll decides to play it. Yeah, um, I love that the NFL shifted all those the NFC games to match each other, so there's no scoreboard watching. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if Green Bay gets up early and the Saints are up early by a couple touchdowns, that's that's, that's a good. You know what? That's a good thing. So that way you have to play. I you know what I mean? Pulling yeah. people in the second half to rest them, but uh, that's that's know. awesome. But that's we're going to see we're seeing those. Yeah, it was really this has really been a great, great football season. It's been a great football season to have this many teams on the line in Week yeah. Seventeen. It's not yeah. like you like you shut your TV off. This is like important football going on. So, yeah, there's yeah. been weeks. Uh, there's been Week Seventeens in past seasons where no one's cared to watch. Yeah, of course. I mean, everything everything's football. already set up, yeah, but not like still so play. wide open. Yeah, not like we're going to watch tomorrow. Yeah. So Raiders, Broncos. Uh, I think the Broncos beat the Raiders. Why not? A little smack in the mouth. Interesting. I do I think that. I don't disagree. I think so. I think so. And Washington Eagles, man, uh, it's hard. But I, I'm going to go for the Eagles in this one because I kind of want, like I said, I can't, I, believe it's the, I can't believe it's the late game. To be honest with you. Right? <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe maybe when they were doing this, they thought, oh, this is going to be really good, really good football, right, at that point. And now they're realizing. It's the game. I think it's the game that has the most riding on it, right? For Washington, absolutely. Absolutely. They have to it's win. Only It's the only win and go in. That's the only win and go in. If they win, those other two, it doesn't matter what they do in the early window. Yeah. Like, you know, you play your game. But then you're waiting, you're waiting till uh, the late, the late, the, late window. The Giants or the Giants or the Cowboys, you win and then you oh, gotta, like, take a yeah, shower. it doesn't matter. You win, yay! And then you're sitting there. Yeah. You're just sitting there like this. <laughs> That's crazy, absolutely crazy, man. So I see Kawhi Leonard's feeling a little better, eh? Yeah, yeah. They still lost last night. At least it wasn't a fifty-point loss. Yeah, it's early. It's early in uh, in the season for them. It's weird to watch them kind of get their footing. The Raptors had to win that fourth game. Go down zero and four in the season was would have been detrimental. So that was good that they did that. Interesting. A lot of favorites. You know, Denver's like one and four. You know, like a lot of teams are just kind of trying to find their footing. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll, well, the Raptors. They- I mean, that's a that's a lot of talent left. Gasol and uh, Ibaka. It's a lot yeah. of talent that left. It's interesting how the NBA is handling travel and the schedule and those things. You know, I mean, like you know, uh, you know, Portland's in Golden State 
right now they're going to play in Golden State again. I yeah. think it's Monday, so they're just staying in Oakland for two days. You know what I mean? But yeah. they're not going to. They can't leave the hotel because of the California restrictions and those things. Right. I think all that stuff's got to play into what happens on the floor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it does. It's uh, just that. Uh, so I still, I'm still hearing rumors and everything like that that you know Toronto's still the number one destination now for Harden as far as like you know they're they're actually in talks with them Hmm? that's bang for the buck right there i know but man it's one of those guys it's just like you really want that in your team you know what i mean like what's the uh what's the strip club life in toronto well i has been so long my friend but i'm certain that it's still popping and rocking over there so i'm not saying that you would know i just like yeah i'm I'm certain that there is there's quite the life there yeah that's probably why it's on top of his list (laughs) <laughs> like quiet snowy climbs I think, man i wonder if yeah i bet if we took apart all of the adult entertainment nightlife i bet that those cities are all on top of james harden's list that he put out i bet you it wasn't about a, competition at all that's interesting yeah that's interesting well, well brad i got a little one-on-one question for you okay let's get it all right so having a look at this when is the last time that you felt that it was a do or die situation like it is in this week 17, seven playoff teams, seven playoff positions riding? When's the last time you felt a do or die situation for you, 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 you yourself or your team? Oh man, I don't know the answer to that. Twenty uh, fifth. Maybe mm-hmm. it came down to the the 49ers and the Seahawks. It feels like we always play the last week of the season. Mm-hmm. They came down to a playoff berth. I think that was probably the last. It's been a while. Been a while, eh? Yeah. It's an unsettling. It's an unsettling feeling because it's also uh, always illuminates like the silliness of sports to me because I have all this anxiety about something I have no right. control. Of. It's so funny, right? Because like my last feeling for that was just earlier on this summer with the Leafs and the Columbus Blue Jackets. It was just do or die, and we died. <laughs> so good morning, good morning, the deal. Yeah, uh, my one-on-one is less of a question and more of a proposal. I guess it could be shaped as a question. So I, I lost uh, our bet. So fifty push-ups for me. Yeah, on Monday night is coming because the Patriots couldn't pull their heads out on Monday Night Football last week, which is fine. I got some, uh, even though it's going to cost me some pushups, I'm still interested in the fact that they lost. So uh, it's kind of a win for me anyway. But here's, the, here's the question. Is, would you consider going double or nothing on whose team goes further in the playoffs? Seattle's or Buffalo? You Are you pushing this? I'm just asking. Are you me. pushing this? Double what are you doing? Double or nothing. Are you pushing this, Brad? Double both, or nothing. That's a hundred push-ups. Or potentially the three seed. That's a hundred push-ups. Yeah, what are you what are you talking about? I'm I'll do I'm not saying I'm I'll do I'll do 50 on Monday. I'm not worried about it. I'm just as a betting man. You're putting me in a position right now, Brad. That's what this one-on-one's for. I've actually invited our push-up counter to come on Monday because, yeah. because 
I was, you <laughs> gave me schedule because I was so excited. You have no idea. Well, and I mean, now this is the thing is you can, you can either have this instant gratification or you can double down and see what happens. Dude, I don't know if I could do 100 push ups. <laughs> I mean, this is 100 in a set. I think you do 100 in a row. I mean, you got to do 100 while we're talking. That's the joy of it. <laughs> you know? All right, let's push it. You want to push it? Yeah, we'll push it. We'll push it. We'll see whose team goes further. So Bills, that's what I'm taking. And obviously your Seahawks. Right. All right. Whoever goes the first in the play. Now, what happens, though? What happens if both of them are eliminated in the first round? Uh, We'll go by score. Whoever scores the most points is the tiebreaker. Oh, come on, man. That's not even right. You're all you're saying that Buffalo has this crazy good offense and they score all these points and blah, blah, all blah. Right, all right. You know what? Hey, quiet, you. 100 push-ups are coming your way. We're all on. Right. We're That's on. The, move, the tiebreaker is who scores the most points. All right. right? All right. You're on. You're Whichever on. Whichever team scores the most points. And yo, so still, yo, I'm kind of funny. Still going to show up. He's just going to have no push-ups to count now. He's just going to be there going, what? Well, we'll let's explain to him, and then we can we can both jump on him about how terrible his Patriots are. <laughs> I love it. All right, all right, you're on, Leo. Okay. Little fist bump. Uh, there we go. Okay. I think that's well, all the time we have for today, my friend. Yeah, we are uh, we are deep into it. Thanks for sticking with us if you're still here. And uh, as always, we appreciate the support from the bottom of our hearts. This is something that we started uh, out of boredom and mutual respect, and we are feeling the love so thank you so much thanks to flyers thanks to old biddies sean most importantly thanks to you appreciate it my friend thank you my friend you have no idea it's always a pleasure to come on on saturday mornings well afternoon for me morning for you see your warm and smiling face right. be able to talk some sports drink some fine beer and just have a good old time so yeah. i'm 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 appreciative of that i'm appreciative of people wanting to listen so thank you so much yep okay till next time friends see you peace You've listened to the podcast, but now it's time to visit us in our virtual sports bar. Get all of our info at guysbeersports.com, where you can find all the ways to connect with us. Watch for live conversations with Brad and Sean that happen throughout the week, and join in with your favorite local beer. You can share your thoughts in the conversation comments with your own uploaded videos, or even join us as a guest live commentator. The GBS Virtual Sports Bar is open for business. Come on in, boys and girls.